you're welcome to another episode of the jones.com podcast if this is your first time go ahead and press the subscribe button if it's not your first time go ahead and press the like button copy share you know what i'm saying do all that good stuff you know just just go ahead and do that for me so i could move up in the algorithm um i also like to announce that i've reached a thousand listens now that may not seem like a lot to you but it's a lot to me and i'm celebrating small victories all right you feel me you feel me all right like cool 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 so um i'm recording this episode what day is it is midnight wednesday november 18th it's the uh day of the nba draft and like this is weird because this is the first time where we've had no clear number one pick like there is no clear number one pick. Some people are saying the best player in the draft is LaMelo. Some people are saying it's James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. Like, no one knows who clearly the best player. Like, last year was Zion. Before it was Aiden. Before that, it was, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't been keeping up with, like, each year. But you know what I'm saying? Well, I think it was Markel Foles, actually, which is wild. Wow. He's a bust. I think he's a bust. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, like, this is the first year we have no clue who's the number one pick. And which is even wilder is that Minnesota holds the number one pick, and they they don't really want it. They want – Minnesota wants a third star, which is weird because they haven't even been advocating trading for a third star. But they should, they should be wanting a third star to go along with D'Lo – and cat like a good good wing player you know what they should be emerging for Jalen brown or gordon hayward what are they doing you heard it here first man that's that's the best logic for the minnesota timberwolves with this number one pick so they'll be picking on later today um when they are whenever you hear this the pick might already be out it'll be uploaded by then but who knows when you will hear this uh the number two pick is Golden State, and they have Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and no one really knows what they need. They lost Kevin Durant, but like Steph and Clay had a, a off year and extra times rest coming off of their injury, so um, they're gonna be pretty look. They're gonna be looking really, really good, right? Really, really good, and like that's very, very scary when it comes to next season. So they have the number two pick, and the number two pick could be traded for pretty much anything as well. So if they don't trade their pick or and Minnesota don't trade their pick, we don't know what they'll get. Like Minnesota don't need James Wiseman. They don't need Cole Anthony LaMelo Ball or Anthony Edwards. Those are all guards. They they're not they're not lacking in the like the guard department. All those are like really, really point guards, shall I say. Neither is Golden State. They're not looking for any guards either. Like Golden State's biggest, like their best bet is probably picking up James Wiseman. So yeah, it's, it's really, really confusing. Um, hopefully, my San Antonio Spurs trade for one of those picks. Now, I don't know if they have any assets, in my opinion, that's worth those um, one or two spot. But, hey, draft picks are overrated, in my opinion. But as I say, draft picks are overrated. Um, let's talk about two of the biggest trades that has happened thus far. First, we're going to start with the Chris Paul trade. He was traded for 
Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, and two more players who I do not know the name of, nor will I bother looking it up, and a first-round pick. Now, hear me out. I've been saying this is a bad trade. And I've been arguing with people why this is a bad trade for the Phoenix Suns, right? So, listen, the Phoenix Suns were undefeated in the bubble without Kelly Oubre being there. Kelly was injured. I think he tore his ACL or meniscus or something like that. I don't know. Kelly Oubre was out. And they went undefeated in the bubble, right? And he's arguably their well, he's, he's their third option, one of their best players, their best wing player, offense and defense. And throughout majority of the season, DeAndre Ayton wasn't there as well. So with the natural development of Ayton and Booker, with Kelly and, and Rubio, the Suns would have made the playoffs next year. That's just natural development. We're knocking out Houston. We don't know if Portland can bounce back. We don't know if Utah is going to bounce back due to like Gobert maybe leaving. There's a lot of there's a lot of players and a lot of movement around the West, right? OKC may not be going back. They may they they may because they, they, even though they just lost in the shoulder, but before the, the Chris Paul trade, yeah, they lost in the shoulder. But it's like, eh, are they like OKC has a chance of not bouncing back right to those playoffs? And it's like, okay, Phoenix. Phoenix could have easily, well, I want to say easily, but they had a good shot at seventh or eighth seed just off of natural development and the team that they put together and they had chemistry. They had a vibe going on with those young guys out there. And I just really believe in just like natural development of, I, I believe in the natural development of players. You see, it's worked for Boston, it worked for Golden State. That's a Golden State won the championships. It worked for OKC. It's just like once you believe in the talent that you have, um, It'll, it'll take you somewhere instead of trading all your assets away and ended up really with nothing, right? So that's that's really what the Kings are. They traded away Isaiah Thomas, Hassan Whiteside, DeMarcus Cousins, and they've yet to see the playoffs since, what, like 06? So I believe in holding on to your assets and letting them develop and grow. And they traded away Rubio and, and Ubre and a pick for a 35-year-old player who's eight, who's Ooh, injury prone. He's been injury prone his entire career, and he's getting paid over eighty million over the next two years. Like there's, there's nothing that Chris Paul can add that's worth eighty million over the next two years. Nothing, not a thing. And I, and I'm not a big believer that he carried OKC to a, the playoffs last year because OKC made the playoffs consistently before that. And you can say, oh, they got rid of Westbrook and Paul George. Okay, before Paul George was there, they still make the playoffs. Then they, then when they trade away Paul George, they pick up Shea Julius Alexander and Danilo Gallinari, who made the playoffs on the Clippers team, right? And Montrezl Harris is not better than Steven Adams. Uh, Lou Will, Dennis Schroeder, yeah, pretty much give you the same thing. And I think Dennis Schroeder is a better defender, right? So, and, and, uh, what? OKC had better defenders than the Clippers did the, the previous year. So I just don't believe that Chris Paul carried OKC to the playoffs. Like, I just, anybody who believes that doesn't really know basketball or hasn't been really watching basketball 
to that point and they undervalue certain players and who certain players are and what certain players can and can't do. So, yeah, I've just never been a big believer in Chris Paul. He hasn't won anything to get the respect that he has around the league. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's probably marketing. Got, got to be marketing, right? So, um, yeah, uh, on that on OKC's hand, they, they pick up Kelly Oubre. Um, Danilo is probably gone, so I guess Kelly's replacing Danilo. Uh, I don't know if they, they're trying to rebuild or what. They're doing their best to try to rebuild, but they keep winning because they still have good players and good pieces. And they have, what, 17 draft picks in the first round up until 2027. So they're I, – I, a lot of people are looking at, oh, they have all these draft picks. Yeah. Draft picks don't always turn out to something. Most of the time, they don't. Well, eh, you can't say that every player, every star has been drafted, but a lot of times, the first round pick is not guaranteed to be a star at all. Now you have your high, you have higher chances of getting a star, but you're not guaranteed to get a star. So it's just very confusing as to why, like, they're being praised on having so many first round draft picks. With 17, there's only 15 players on the roster. A lot of those players are going to be in and out, not going to have a lot of PT, especially when you still have Shea, Kelly. I don't know if they're going to get rid of Steven Adams. And they still have young players like Hami Diallo. Uh, I can't think of any others right now. But, yeah, I don't, I'm just not a fan of having all those draft picks. But at the same time, they got rid of Chris Paul's ridiculous contract. So I feel like they're still winning, right? Um, they, Kelly Oubre and Rubio is – making over the next two years what Chris Paul would have made this year alone. So you just you get two players for the price of one who's probably going to give you the same amount of value, right? And that's just my opinion. And then uh, on the other end, you have Milwaukee going all out to keep Giannis to stay. They, they trade away George Hill and Eric Bledsoe to the Pelicans. And I think two first-round picks for Drew Holiday. Like, I don't understand what's up with these GMs overpaying for players. They're, they're, like, they're, they're ridiculously overpaying. Like, Drew Holiday is a good, solid player, but he is not worth Eric Bledsoe and George. First of all, he's not that much better than Eric Bledsoe at all. Like, he, he's really not. And then George Hill is another good player, right? And then you you give them two draft picks. It's like, yo, Drew Holiday isn't worth that much. And and what I've been seeing is that a lot of these players, these are role players at that. It's not even a star. Like these are role. Chris Paul at this point in his career, role player. In my opinion, he should be making about ten million to twelve million a year. You know. Think about it. Melo's on a veteran, min- uh, what veteran, veteran minimum, and he's not much like Chris Paul is not miles better than Melo. He just has the ball in his hands more often, right? So it's like, it's, eh, I, I don't, I don't get these GMs' logic. But hey, I'm not a GM. Uh, to continue on with uh, what's going on, because that highlight trade is bad. Uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden has so-called demanded a trade out of Houston um, after after Daryl Morey left. Oh, my God. Who, who has another job? Who is a terrible GM? All right. First off, Daryl Morey gets rid of the White Howard. He, he, uh, what else does he do? 
He signs Chris Paul to the that that the ridiculous contract that he's on now, which the owner said this is the worst contract he has ever seen in his life. The worst as the owner said that is the worst contract he's ever seen in his life. And then after paying him all that money, he trades Chris Paul to OKC for Westbrook, who then and on top of that, he trades away all of their draft picks. He trades away a lot of their draft picks to OKC. And then as soon as the team starts to click, he trades away Clint Capella, their only center, and says, you know what? We don't need big men. All we're going to do is just shoot threes. With a team full of players who aren't that great at shooting threes, they can shoot them. They can chuck them, but they're not even that good. And it's just it just made no sense to even construct the team that way. And then in the offseason, you take your time and leave Houston and go to Philly where they have too many big men? It's just, yo, who's been calling him a genius? Who's saying he knows what he's doing? Because clearly he's not. You luck up and get James Harden, who's one of the best players in the NBA and has been able to take the Rockets to the final, I mean, the conference finals and the playoffs every year because that's just how good he is of a player. And all of these terrible trade moves and contracts you're making, it's just like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. He's so smart. He's changing the game. No, I mean, he, he's a failure in my eyes, in my opinion. And that's just it's just the silliest thing ever to, to congratulate Daryl Moore, right? Anyways, yeah, he left the Rockets with nothing, literally nothing. You got two players making over, like, $200 million. I don't know how much, like, their contracts are really worth, but about two hundred million, right? Each, I mean, each, yeah. So two players are taking up majority of the space on the other salary. No one else could really sign a big deal. You have nothing but forwards on your roster, and it's just like, yo, what do what do you what do you do from here? You don't have any big man. There's not any big man free agents. You can just go out there and sign. So it's like, yo, what do the Rockets do? So Westbrook. And Harden started to like a lot of rumors started coming out last week, which were very very interesting. But I, no one, I don't, I don't necessarily believe them. But they just, there's a lot of stuff downplaying Harden, Westbrook saying this was a terrible organization type things like that. But um, they're out of here. Uh, they, what they're trying to get out of here, Westbrook doesn't really have. There's no marketability for him. And I was I was hoping he would go to the Suns. And the reason I was hoping he'd go to the Suns is because you have Westbrook, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre, and DeAndre Ayton. I think that is that is a great team. And I don't even think the Rockets, I mean uh, the Suns would have had to give up Kelly Oubre. Just probably some some picks and some uh and some probably a, a few more role players because what and probably Rubio, because what what would the Rockets need with Kelly Oubre when they already have like ten wing players? They don't need any more wing players, which is ironic because they just traded Robert Covington for Trevor Ariza. But hey, that's besides the point. So yeah, I think Westbrook would have fit there. He's he's younger than Chris Paul, about the same price. He's quicker, um, better rebounder, as good as a passer, better scorer. He just brings more to the table, and he knows how to play alongside with uh with a big man. Uh, just as good, if not better, than Chris Paul. So, I mean, 
yeah, I would have took Russell Westbrook in Phoenix over Chris Paul. And he, he plays with this amount of aggression every night that I just love and his work ethic. I don't know. I'm just a big Westbrook fan. And so now there's no – not a Westbrook – another Phoenix spot is taken. There's no spot in the NBA for Westbrook. And people were talking about, tra- talking about trades like, oh, you can send Westbrook to the Pistons for Blake Griffin. I'm like, no, you don't – you're sending Westbrook somewhere. It's to play along with a star. You're not trading your star for Westbrook. It doesn't even make sense. Then it's in the only two possible destinations are, what, Charlotte and New York. Those are the only teams that want Westbrook, which makes sense because there's not that many opening point guard spots. Like, I understand that Westbrook is better than a lot of these players, but it's just like a lot of these players that he's better than are a lot younger and cheaper. So it just doesn't make sense logically to get rid of your younger point guard who you're paying cheaper for an older player. It just doesn't make sense. That's not like – Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't make sense, right? So, um, yeah, there's not a big market for Westbrook while Harden is trying to force his way to Brooklyn to play alongside KD and Kyrie. And um, that's pretty, pretty scary. Uh, but no one really knows how that offense works. So that's really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. Because they their coaching staff. Which is another thing how like Steve Nash would just have like the like three superstars in his hand his first year coaching, which may like and he wins a championship like, oh, he's such a great coach. Like, eh, is he really? You know, they just made it work. It's three superstars. But once again, besides the point. So uh yeah, man, that's just that's just my NBA talk for right now. Speaking of NBA, uh NBA two K twenty one next gen is out. Oh, since the last episode, what has it? I don't know. Yeah, since the last episode, the next-gen consoles came out. I am an Xbox type of guy, so I got the Xbox Series X, the you know, the more expensive one. And um, I've been playing games on it, uh, primarily 2K. Um, yo, there's nothing to play. There's really nothing to play. Luckily, uh, I have EA Access, or they call it EA Play now. Um, which is a subscription like Netflix almost where with EA games and uh, Star Wars, like the latest Star Wars game has been uh, free for me. So I've been playing that. I was playing 2K, but I'm going to give you guys my 2K review. All right. I'm going to give you guys my 2K review. I got me a list of notes of what's wrong with that 2K game. All right. So when you load up 2K, (laughs) it looks amazing. The load times are ridiculous. The mob player, like the city is beautiful. You know, there's a lot of things that you just visually just get impressed by. But once you get past those visuals, you have an array of issues. When I say an array, I mean like a like a plethora, a plethora of issues with 2K21 next gen, right? So First things first, I have not played the My GM or My Team modes on Next Gen, or the My GM or the franchise mode, shall I call it. Um, I just haven't gotten time. I normally start those around, like, once the season starts, because there's no rookies in the game since the draft hasn't happened. So I haven't I haven't did the franchise mode just yet. So uh, bear with me. I may talk about that later on another episode, but I doubt it. Um, it's not really much of a review on that. But 2K does do a great job with franchises, right? I get on that. But the, we're going to start with the play now. 
Well, the 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 menus is, is just terrible when it comes to play now. All right, so I'm trying to play a friend. It took forever to figure out how to invite him because in, in previous gen and consoles, there was a play with friends options, right? And so you would just go to play with friends. You would invite him. Y'all go to the play now screen and y'all picking y'all picking teams or whatever. Now I go to the play now screen. I invite him to my lobby. I have to manually pick both teams. We cannot change jerseys. And then the game starts. And once the game starts, it's still laggy and it's still like the frame rate is dropping very, very bad. So playing with friends is just completely broken now. Like just to play a quick game online with your friend, completely broken, completely useless. You can't even do it. And the thing they took out years ago, which is mind boggling, is um, well, you haven't been able to change your jerseys for a minute, right? They add all these, oh, we added this jersey to the game. We added this jersey. You can't even pick your jersey when you're playing online versus a friend. You cannot pick your jersey when you're playing online versus one of your friends. Tell me why that makes sense. I, like, that doesn't even make sense, right? So issue number one. Issue number two, probably like issue number 15, honestly. I don't know. I was just talking. Is... You cannot change your rotations when you're playing online versus friends, right? So when I play 2K, I don't I don't really like the way the NBA or the coaches have their rotation set up. I want certain players. Like if I was to play with Brooklyn and they picked up James Harden, like when I when I will play with the Nets, I will put James Harden on the bench. That will make it easier for me once I put the bench in to have a scorer off the bench, right? That just make it easier for me personally. When I'm playing online versus a friend, I cannot change my rotations or my raw like or, or or any of that when I'm playing online versus my friends. That does not make sense, 2K. It was a feature in the game previously. There's no reason it should have been taken out. All right. Moving on to this mode called the W, right? They wanted to shout out woman my players, and you can create a my player, go to the WNBA, you got endorsements, blah, 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 blah. There's no story. You just create a woman and you just start playing games with her, you know, and I'm sure that's, that's fun for some people out there, but eh, it's, it's really, really bare bones and, and pretty boring uh, because especially if you're not a WNBA fan, which I'm not the biggest fan of. I try to root for them, but it's eh, eh. And then they got this mode called the W online. Right. And so me and my friends are hype. We're like, all right, cool. We get to create a chick go online with our friends and we play unfortunately they only have 3v3 but yeah you, you play 3v3 right playing the like playing like park but with matchmaking and you playing with your friends but with women right you cannot invite your friends to play a game of the w online i repeat you cannot invite your friends to play a game together with the W online. So if you and two other friends make women my players and you have the goal of playing together online, you cannot do that. So if you can't even play, if you cannot play with your friends, who is this mode marketed for? Like those guys who just go like, you know what? Who, those people with no friends who just want to play with randoms? No, like people have friends, yo. People want to play with their friends. This is a simple 
This is simple. Like this is a a base feature. You gonna add a new mode, add the mode to play with your friends. Playing with your friends is the most complicated thing on 2K for no reason, no reason whatsoever. Like uh, this is another thing that is added, and it looks good, it looks cool at first, but it's just like, yo, this is poorly implemented. There's no purpose of it at this point. If you can't even play it with your friends, what are you leveling up for? To show who. Nobody, you can't play with your friends. It's terrible. And then most of the community is not touching this mode because they're misogynistic. But hey, I mean, I don't know. I already tried it out, and I couldn't play with my friends. And I said, "Yo, this is this is this is dirt. This is pointless, useless." Right? Let's go to the my player. Right? Now I'm going to the my player. <laughs> now I'm going to the my player. The my player storyline is the exact same. From, from past gen. So if he was like, oh, shoot, I got to get next gen and play the new my player. No, 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 no. The story is the exact same. And the story was really, really bad. So now you have to play that story again. And now the only the only new part of the story is you get the option to go to the G League now. And what 2K does is they bring back all, like, nemesis and people that you've played as. In the G League, so all your teammates like Jackson Ellis and uh, uh, ATM, Shammy Wells, people that was on your like you played against, then they were for your foes. And then the last two games of the G League, you go against the people you were like, um, Freak, DJ, uh, Prez. I probably it was like a few more, or like two more, but yeah, like that's that's who you play against and. Like that that storyline was pretty cool. It was better. And playing in the G League was quite interesting, I must admit. And it was it was a better feeling. But as soon as you leave the G League, it's back to the same exact story, right? Now, uh, a lot of us are park players or uh, what are they call, now calling the city or previously known as the neighborhood or whatever. Everybody calls it park because um, that's what they introduced the mode as and it's been stuck in people's mind forever. So they 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 brought back affiliations. They got four affiliations. They got this big thing called the city, right? Now, let me tell you what's wrong with the city. When you first load into the city, you go into this place called Rickyville. Rickyville is another mode in 2K21 Next Gen that you cannot invite your friends to play with. I repeat rickyville is another mode you cannot invite your friends to play with so this is now play now online the w and rickyville three different modes that are very important when it comes to online play and playing with your friends that you cannot invite your friends to play with tell me why 2k it makes no sense that is three modes why why this there's no purpose all right so now you're in this rickyville right now 2 2k has always been a, it's, a, it's a rep thing all right you grind your rep and you get more rewards right so in rickyville everyone start like in, in, in all 2k's you start off as a ricky as soon as you hit the park or the, or the neighborhood or this called the city so you start off as a ricky so you're in rickyville until you become a pro one right which is three levels of ricky you're forced to play Rickyville with the randoms and in any game in the world online playing with randoms is the worst experience 
ever because a lot of people are just pick up and play type of people if you're not playing with your friends and they're 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 especially in the basketball game they're very very selfish they're not very good at the game and they don't have a lot of basketball IQ so that makes this experience much much it makes this experience tedious annoying and a process that no one wants to repeat to the point where content creators were dreading going from Xbox to PlayStation 5 to have to go through Rickyville once again. There's no stores in Rickyville besides these trash. You can't get no drip. Everybody's wearing this brown shirt. You don't know who's on team. It's just, it's a terrible experience once again. I wouldn't wish, wish Rickyville on my worst enemy. I prob- I wouldn't. Rickyville is that bad. But once you make it out of Rickyville, woo, woo. Once you make it out of Rickyville, it that first view of the city is it's pretty astonishing. It's it's a huge city. There's four different locations, four different uh, affiliations. Then there's the shoe city center. You got direct, you got Gatorade, you got the Gatorade facility. Then they got courts where you can rent and play with your friends in the Gatorade facility. They got all the stores lined up. You can go and buy your gear. You got the Adidas store, Converse, New Balance, Jordan, Nike, Puma, everything got their own store you got diamond chains you got face masks you got babe you got marathon clothing you got skateboards basketball bicycles like you got a black lives matter court you got a kobe bryant five on five full court it's just so it's, it's like at first glance it's like one of the most amazing things right and so you you choose your your affiliation and you got south side, you got west side, north side, and east side, right? Now, once all that wears off, you start to go around. You like, yo, ain't nobody in the west side. Ain't nobody over there hooping. Ain't nobody in the south side hooping. Why everybody in the east and north side? So now you like, okay, there's no purpose. Because 2K said, oh, you're going to get more rep if you, if you play where you when you if you play in your own neighborhood so everybody's like shoot if the only place i can get a game is on the north side shit, i might as well be in the north side so you you change to be a person on the north side now 2k is limited how many people can be in the north side and the east side so now people are being stuck at south side and west side and they're getting half the rep because there's no games going on in their area so there's no purpose of being in their area and you want to play where your friends are at. And if your friends are all on the north side, well, now you have to go to the north side. You get what I'm saying? Like, once it, they're making it, once again, harder to enjoy playing this game with your friends. Like, the, I, I don't, they didn't, they, they, they make this game so much more harder to play with your friends. It's ridiculous, right? So the best way to play with your friends is, you, you you gotta like walk around. I got they got a few things called garage hoops. It's small little courts you can just walk up to and just start shooting around on, which is a pretty cool feature. I like it, right? You can run three on three games over there. But the only downside to that is the camera's pretty 
pretty bad. And I don't even know if you get rep for it. So it's like, eh, are these really the games I want to play? And you can only play those with your friends. You can't really, like, you have to have six friends. You know, sometimes you just want to play three, three on three versus randoms, and you can't really do that. So let's say you do, actually, let's say you do find a game, right? So you do find a game in the city. You and North Side, you and you all three of your friends are North Side or East Side, whatever. And you you hop on and you start to play. The game does not work smooth. It does not run smoothly enough because 2K is overly ambitious with their with the, with the things that they try to do in game, and they poorly optimize their game. So while you're playing. It's, it's stuff going on in the background. And so when you're playing on the 2K camera, you cannot, the game, the, the frame rate will drop because it's things going on in the background that the consoles cannot process. And so the only way to fix this is to play on the broadcast camera, which limits your eyesight. And no nobody with actual talent plays on the broadcast camera. But that's the only way for the game to run as smoothly as possible and as smoothly as it's supposed to be running. So, like, honestly, it's there's no purpose of playing the city or the neighborhood of our park game because there's it won't run smoothly and it won't run right. It is just everybody saying, "Oh, it's lagging." It's like, nah, it's not lag. It's it's the frame rate dropping. Unless you are a broadcast camera player, there's no purpose of playing that, right? So to combat that, you got to go to those garage hoops. Another issue. Is uh, another way you can play with your friends on three on threes, or you know, is uh, go to the Gatorade facility and they have an upstairs now. It's called Rental Courts. Previously, you had your own my court where you can just invite your friends, but now they have Rental Courts. And so, in these Rental Courts, you, they they charge you VC. It's not much. I'll commend them that. It's just you charge. They charge you VC, and you get a limited amount of time. And this court is yours. You literally renting renting a court. Now here's the issue: the rental courts don't really allow your friends to hop on the court with you. Like there's been no there's no YouTube video out for the workaround. There's no Reddit post for the workaround. But me and my friends have yet to have six players on a rental court at one time and been able to run three v three. It like it hasn't. Hasn't been done. We did like see some people playing it, but we haven't been able to do that. Like the Gatorade courts are broken, like completely broken. Um, so I guess your next option is what the rec. So you go to the rec, and if those who don't know, the rec center in two K is you. It's, it's five on five basketball, like a real real rec center, like four quarters, fouls and all, right? So. If you usually you go to the rec, if you go, you can go all five of your friends or all four of your friends, or you can just go in there by yourself or however many people you got. And so usually 2K have you sitting there waiting until you find they find 10 players. And so it's a, it's a good even five on five match. 2K came up with this quote unquote beautiful idea that. If it's taking too long to find 10 complete players, they're going to give you AI players, right? Just computer-generated players. Now, 
this is a smooth feature if it was implemented properly i ran up against the team and my power four and my center position was generated computer generated players i don't have no problem with that i understand what what happened there wasn't enough people playing the game it's not that many people with next gen consoles and the ones who are not necessarily playing 2k and the ones who play 2k not necessarily in the wreck right I, I understand the like the circumstances for there to be two more players to join our team but why did not why didn't 2k generate a power forward and a center for my team they generated two players that just would just six six with a 60 overall just generic stats like the lowest of generic stats possible and a six six height at the center position and my team is going up against a team with an actual center who's seven foot tall so now i'm already at a disadvantage and now i already have no there's no reason for me to want to play this 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 game or finish this game because there's like I'm, I'm obviously at a disadvantage like obviously obviously at a disadvantage it just it just makes no sense and then like i ran about two three games of the wreck and then 2k is so poorly optimized it 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 almost froze my xbox and i had to quit the app like it did freeze but i had to i had to i had to quit the app to even use my system again like that's just how bad 2k is poorly optimized and I honestly cannot recommend anybody to buy 2K21 next gen. I, I, I just really can't. There's there's no reason I can see to buy 2K21 next gen. Like none whatsoever. There's nothing about it that is interesting. There's nothing about it that works, shall I say. Nothing about it that works. So yeah, if if you don't have a next gen console, I would say do not feel bad because there's nothing to play. If you have a PS4, I'm like, oh, I want to play Spider Man. You can play the new Spider Man on PS4. If you want to play Madden, Madden next gen isn't out yet. 2K21 next gen is trash. Um, I, I guess the only other game that was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you can play that on previous gen. If you do not have a next gen console, do not feel bad. There is nothing to play. There is nothing to play. But like I said, I've been playing Star Wars. It looks great. I've been testing out load times because it's, that's what's been advertising. What, what's been advertised on the next gen consoles and the load times are great uh, the graphics are a lot better i have a 4k tv so a lot of all of my games have been running at 4k 60 which was advertised i think it, i think it can do um 1440p uh, 120 frames but i don't have 120 frames television nor monitor so i probably won't ever be able to see that until i upgrade monitors uh or displays i'm i'm still gaming on the television so uh if i ever do upgrade to a pc i will probably hook my xbox up to 
that uh, monitor as well to get the best out of my uh, Xbox. But outside of that, it's just it's just no reason to uh, upgrade to a next gen console right now. Um, Cyberpunk is coming, but once again, you can play it in the last gen. It's just no, there's just no reason if you don't have one. So don't feel bad, don't feel rushed. It's just you know. But one of the apps, because I'm coming from a base model Xbox One. So uh, what I have been doing is using my <laughs> my Xbox to watch 4K YouTube and 4K Netflix. And um, speaking of Netflix, there is a new Kevin Hart special. Now, if you have, uh, if you're a fan of this podcast, you know I'm a big fan of stand up comedy. I've I've watched Kevin Hart. I've, I've reviewed Kevin Hart before. The last one, which was not good, that gun compartment was just. Yo, it was people who laughed, who who liked it. I mean, that's what you into. That's what you into. But it wasn't for me. And he's got a new stand up called Zero Fucks Given. It's on Netflix once again. And uh, yo, I don't want to say Kevin Hart is back because he never really went anywhere. He got counseled, quote unquote, a few times. But this this Kevin Hart special is is actually special to me. Because there's there's a lot of things that he's been, he says in this that aren't really funny. They aren't like they aren't that funny, but it's it's a lot of gems dropped, and it's very very relatable. This stand up is very very relatable. Well, to me personally, as a as a man, but it's very very relatable, and there's a lot of things he's saying that may or may not go over people's heads. Because they're like they're just probably looking at looking for jokes, looking for jokes. Like the crowd and the stand up was laughing, and like there's a few jokes in there that made me like laugh a little bit. But I'm like I, I watch a lot of stand up, so it's hard for me. It, it it takes a lot for me to like to like just laugh laugh through a stand up comedy. Like I just I watch a lot of Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, um, Andrew Schultz, Akash Singh. I, I watch a lot of stand up. Um, Sebastian Menescalo, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Eddie Murphy, Chris Tucker, uh, Hassan Minaj. Like, yeah, the the list goes on and on. So that's just the ones I can name off top. I named popular greats or whatever. Call them what you want. But, yeah, I, I, I watch a lot of stand-up. So what I can see in stand-up, I can see jokes coming. I can see punchlines. But... Like when I watch stand up now, I'm just trying to see the overall message that the uh, the com- comedian is really trying to get out, because comedians look at the world through a different light and they're they're thinking different things than the rest of us, even though they're the same. But they're just trying to find funny and things that aren't funny, you know. And a lot of times they're trying to like get points across and trying to explain to people how ridiculous they really are, you know. And and that's that's what what Kevin Hart did very very well. In this special, and um, I would recommend it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of a lot of people saying like a lot of people are taking things at face value. Um, they're looking at quotes from it, and I'm like, all right, if you're gonna look at this and see a quote and and just take it out of context, that's what's wrong with the world. Let's like, taking a lot of stuff out of context. It's like, huh, you know, and that's probably what a lot of, like what might go over a lot of people's head. But yeah, man, uh, y'all go check out that new Kevin Hart um special go check that out uh 
I've also been watching The Mandalorian. That's the only show that has been able to catch my attention. I wanted to watch The Boys season two. I've been struggling to watch that. I've been struggling. To, I've honestly just been struggling to watch a lot of TV. I've been watching a lot, a lot of YouTube as of lately. It's it's been a lot of tech going on. I've been wanting to keep up and like keep my mind sharp on the technology that's been coming out as of late. Um, I have been planning on recording a lot more. I've been jotting notes down. Like I said, we we reached one thousand views, one thousand listens. So once again, if you made it to this far. I mean, if you made it to this point, you made it this far of the podcast, please like, please subscribe, please share. Um, and uh, the more you do that, the more this podcast will be boosted into the algorithm so we can grow on Apple Podcasts. And this podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, probably Audio Mac. I don't know, man. This thing is everywhere everywhere that podcasts are available. So um, thanks for rocking out with the Jones.com podcast. I can't even talk. Thanks for rocking out with the Jones.com podcast. We do one take around here every single time. And um, we out of here.